This episode is a recorded presentation from our TraderLine conference. I'm your host, Richard Moklin. This episode is brought to you by TraderLine University, where thousands of students learn from U.S. investing champions, veteran traders, and market legends to level up their trading. Click the link in the description for an exclusive offer. This podcast is also sponsored by Interactive Brokers. At Interactive Brokers, you can trade the global markets with sophisticated and effective order execution. To learn more, click the link below. And with that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. All right, welcome back, everybody. Our next speaker is my good friend uh, and veteran trader, Ben Bennett, also known as Pattern Profits on Twitter. Uh, He's the founder of PatternProfits.net, and he's prepared an excellent presentation on trading with velocity, a favorite subject of his. Uh, Ben, thank you so much for doing this, and welcome. My pleasure, Richard, always a pleasure to join you. Looking forward uh, to answering some questions regarding Velocity. I share this screen, uh, this can often with you guys, and um, I'm, I'm thrilled that I can finally get this out there and answer a lot of these questions. Uh, so we're gonna discuss today trading with Velocity. You note that every evening I share uh, that Velocity scan and kind of go through it, some of the things that I'm, I'm watching. When we talk about Velocity, what is Velocity? We are talking about swiftness of motion, rapidity, speed. That's what velocity is. When we discuss that within trading, uh, we are looking for a strong move and we're looking for that move in a very short period of time. If we're going to day trade or swing trade, we're gonna be in something that's gonna move. We want to get in, get out, get our profit and, and move on to the next trade or idea. So for me, and this is the big question that I get a lot, is what what are the parameters? What are we screening for? What are we looking for? So this is uh, my velocity scan within MarketSmith. It is a price and volume based screen. So I'm looking for a price gain uh, greater than 3%. Now, that may vary. You may find it more comfortable to be 4%, 5%. And I know there's some you know, other well-known traders that have a higher uh, percentage. And and that's fine. All of these, this is kind of a starting point. All of this, uh, you know, can be adjusted uh, for your comfort. But for me, 3% is what I'm looking for. And more importantly, I'm looking for volume that's at least 30% above the 50-day moving average of volume. So, you know, the higher, the better. I love to see triple digit volume or more. But that 30% is going to kind of be the the level that puts it on my radar. And when I combine that with a 3% or greater price move, um, you know, that's what's going to populate the scan for me. And then I can can go through those. I do have some minimums in here that I'm looking at for average volume. Now, this is a little bit less. I have 150K on average volume just because some of these names are very young stocks. You know, a lot of times we're looking for those can slim names. And when that's the case, it's a much higher threshold for volume, 300, 400, 500 K. When it comes to these smaller names, newer names, maybe some of them are just coming up from that, you know, six, seven, $8 level into $10. They don't have a lot of sponsorship behind them, not a lot of fund ownership. Uh, so in that case, I want to get them on my radar a little earlier. So that's why my 
minimum for average volume in this case for this screen is 150K. I have some minimums in there as well for the composite rating and the RS rating. And I have that set at 60. The reason for that is I don't want to get the real junk stocks that are coming off the bottom that have been in downtrends for months. And then all of a sudden there's either news or, or some you know short squeeze or a, a, a meme theme name that's all of a sudden popping. I don't, I don't, I'm not as interested uh, in, in looking at those. I'm more interested in the ones that uh, you know have some history behind them and are not coming off you know their their ultimate lows. Ideally, I like the low float names. In in this case and for this screen, 100 million is is what I'm using uh, for the float. So, and we're going to discuss this more. Lower is not always better, and sometimes a little bit above that can be good. And we'll discuss that more when I get into the examples. But I would say 100 million, that's kind of a good area to draw the line there. Um, in that case, you know, at 100 million, and we're going to be looking at the volume and how it associates with that, we know that there's low supply. So then if we see that we get a price change greater than three, 4%, and that big volume is coming in, we know that you have heavy demand. So it's that combination of the low supply with the low float and that heavy demand coming in that we're noting with, with the price change and the volume change, uh, that's really the ideal situation that we're looking for and what we're trying to, to highlight and what we want to stand out to us. Now, another thing, and, and again, we'll go deeper into this, but how long does it take for that particular stock to turn over its float? So there's a big difference between a, a stock with, let's say, an 8 million float uh, and it's above average volume and that volume coming in is 2 million. That's not bad. But a stock could have an 80 million float and turn over its volume and turn over uh, its float on a, on a breakout and do 100 million that's huge it's flipped its float in one session we'll talk more about that but float on its own doesn't usually tell you the whole story you really have to dig in a little bit compare that to the volume and then ask yourself how long is it taking over days or weeks how long is that stock taking to turn over its float and what that tells me is the magnitude of a potential move on a breakout if it's really turning over its float quickly, whether that's in a period of days uh, or a week or two, I know that the potential of that stock to move, move quickly with velocity, it's significant, significantly more than something that maybe has 150 million float. And even though the volume increased and that volume may be 10 million, you know, that's only a 15th of its of its float. So it, it all has to kind of come together and we'll get more into that. And I have some examples. Flexibility is important. Understanding, especially with what we've just been through, uh, that market conditions change and you may have to adjust these variables a little bit. There may be times when you run this scan and it's giving you one or two names. If that's the case, you may have to bring, you know, either the price percentage changes down or maybe some of the parameters. Maybe it's a risk off environment. And if that's the case, you may have to raise that float up. Maybe it's the liquid leaders or the, you know, the, the, the tech, the big tech names 
are getting more attention than the low risk, you know, ones that have the lower float. So it's an ideal starting point from my perspective and from using it for years and years and the research I've done, but it's exactly that. It's a starting point. Don't be afraid to adjust the variables to fit both your personal preference as well as uh, the market conditions to a risk on versus risk off environment. There's usually a catalyst. There's a reason why that price jumps and that volume jumps and it's coming in heavy. And I don't need to really dig deep into what that catalyst is, but it's good to have an idea, you know, what it is that's, that's showing um, th what's causing that spike in, in both price and volume. A lot of times it's earnings. Uh, EPS, there's a big beat, whether that's on the revenue side or, or the earnings side, maybe it's guidance. Uh, a lot of times there's a surprise to the analysts. We're beating their expectations. Uh, there, there's some event that's taking place uh, that's catching the market off guard. We've talked you know, in the past in detail, more specifically uh, about power earnings gaps and how that uh, uh, really affects uh, what we see in the action and price and volume. And it's telling you a story, but EPS isn't the only, uh, you know, catalyst. Sometimes it can be news, introducing a new product, a new service. Maybe there's new management, uh, new contracts, new licensing deal. Uh, there can be a, a, a different event we see with drug makers and biotech all the times, whether it's FDA approvals, uh, maybe it's, it's study results come out in, in phase two, phase three, something like that comes out uh, and it's, you know, better than what was expected, or it's it's news, it's it's new, and because it's catching uh, the analysts, the the funds, the institutions off guard, you're going to see that. You're going to see that in the in the footprints of price and volume. Sometimes it's just a group move. Uh, we saw that recently in oil and gas. You know, all of a sudden, my velocity scan was nothing but oil and gas names. And when that's the case, it's pointing you to the group uh, that, and it, it's telling you that, hey, there's money flowing into this group. When day after day after day for multiple weeks, you start to see the whole group uh, in the screen and everything's steering you uh, towards that direction. You wanna pay attention when that happens. More recently, right now we're seeing that with biotech. A lot of the biotech names you know, are being highlighted. Uh, on occasion, we're seeing that with solar. We're seeing that with some of the China names. Uh, so it's a, it's a rotation. And even though we had weeks and even months of where it was oil and gas, oil and gas, coal, uh, you know, it was, it was all commodity energy based. It can change quickly. We literally went within a period of a few days from all oil and gas names to all of a sudden popping up with biotechs, multiple uh, different types of biotechs and not an oil and gas name to be found. And that can happen very quickly, which is why this is a screen uh, that I run daily and, and share it uh, daily because it, it can change quickly. The other thing is a short squeeze. Whatever the reason may be, maybe sometimes it's technical, maybe something, maybe nothing changed fundamentally, uh, but technically you came through uh, an important moving average or you took out a trend line um, and, and you can get you know, that short squeeze and it can clue you in uh, that, that, hey, this short squeeze is coming. Now, when we discuss short squeeze and, and 
you know, again, when I tie this in, I want to make sure we ha all have an understanding. I kind of divide the short squeeze up into two parts because you may have a short float and the short float is the percent of the shares held short relative uh, you know, to the avail available shares of float and above 20%, we consider that high. So you see here on this one, 21%, that's high as far as short float goes. But a high short float does not always equal a high short ratio. It's based on average volume. The short ratio is very important because that tells you the approximate number of days it's going to take for shorts to cover their positions at the average volume. So the higher the short ratio is, the longer it's gonna take for them to buy back those shares. And you've got organic buyers in there too, especially as you'll see in some of the setups, as they come through some of those technical levels, you're gonna have organic buyers in there along with the short covering. And that's what creates that explosive move. Now you can have a short float that's higher than 21% and sometimes even significantly higher than 21%, but still have a short ratio that's not even one day. So it's important to kind of combine those to give you a big picture of exactly how much short interest is out there. And based on the average volume, uh, what type of move can you expect or what type of uh, explosive move can you expect? Um, you could have a short ratio of, of 40%, but if that only gives you a, a short ratio where it's a day or a day and a half to cover, that may not be nearly as explosive as something that has a short float of 5%, but it takes them seven days to cover. So very, very important to kind of uh, uh, weigh out both of those. As we go into some of the examples, I'm gonna share some of the common patterns that we see uh, with the velocity scan flags, triangles, both symmetrical ascending triangles from the long side, descending from the short side. Flat bases are very common. You'll see consolidations. Sometimes the stock just moves sideways. Uh, three weeks tight is another one that we watch. Again, very common uh, patterns that we've seen a run and a strong prior run. Uh, and then one of these consolidations it's usually that prior run that puts it on my radar. The most common pattern that I trade and the one that gets my attention the most is the flags. Uh, those are the ones that are the continuation pattern. You've had a strong prior trend like you see here. You've had this nice strong run. Usually you've come out of a longer consolidation and a base we like to see that. We like to see it coming out of a base so that you have some reference point as far as how far it's come. Uh, so we get that move and then we start to see uh, that strong volume coming in. We get these big candles like you see here with that volume. That's what's going to put it on my radar. That big move with the increase in volume that's what's gonna start to populate the scan. That doesn't mean that right then and there, it's ready for entry. That means it's time to put it on a watch list, get it on your radar, look into maybe why, what's the catalyst? Why is it moving like this? Why is volume coming in? 
you know, what's causing um, that spike in that interest and that money flow. Um, then as it makes that move up into the pool, that's when you start to see the pullback. Lighter volume comes in. That's when you start to say, hmm, okay, it's starting to set up now. There's going to be an opportunity here. A lot of times back here when it's populating, especially up here, a lot of times when it's populating the scan, what I'll get in the comments or what I'll hear is that, you know, oh, you missed the move. You know, the breakout was back here and you missed the move. What I want people to understand is that it, it, traders, a lot of times that's the very beginning. That is the, what gets it on your radar. Big picture, usually you haven't missed the move. That's, and I'm going to, you know, show that. But a lot of times that's what first draws your attention to it um, and gets it on your radar. But I do hear that a lot. Oh, it, it went from 30 to 40. I missed the move. Well, understand that there will be, in the best of names, there will be multiple screen appearances. They're going to pop up often, you know, in this first initial drive and in that poll when it forms. But as you'll see, a lot of times that's the very beginning of the move and when you should be preparing for the next move, uh, which most times is an even bigger move. So when back here, you're thinking you missed the move, did you miss the move when it still doubled from there? Because as it set up this flag and then came out of that flag, it went from 40 to 60, so or almost 60. So you really didn't miss the move back here. This move is what puts it on your radar and says, hey, start paying attention to me, look at me. This huge volume that came in later, this looked big and was well above average volume, but it's dwarfed compared to the volume that came in later, you know, as it made the bigger move. So volume for me, I look at volume as a key to magnitude of the potential move. So the more volume that's coming in above average, the more that leads me to believe that there's more room here for upside. So when I see that flag breakout and that volume gets even bigger, that's telling me that there's more magnitude here. There's room uh, for further upside. At the same time, if I get that breakout and the volume, eh, it's not even as big as it was back here in the poll, that also guides me that I better move up my stop a little quicker uh, because especially with this type of trading, it's more aggressive. It's, it's truly momentum trading. You don't want to get caught when it, when it does reverse. So volume is that key. Tighten things up. If you're hitting new highs, and that volume's not expanding like you see here, time to tighten things up. By the way, that was Oxy. That whole example from back here was that original breakout, and then it went on to double from there. So having in, in your mind that when it initially breaks out and hits that scan, that you missed the move, it had a, a lot of gas in the tank you see how huge that volume was, even though without this, this looked really big. And then you, you got a double uh, or close to it from there. Triangles, I wanna talk about triangles. Um, 
symmetrical triangles. When you have a symmetrical triangle, you're gonna get lower highs and higher lows. It's a little bit different from the flag because on the flag, it just comes in gently. You don't really get the lower highs and lower them bouncing around a little bit. Um, when we discuss an ascending triangle, and I have examples, this, this upper uh, moves sideways here. This, this portion goes sideways. You don't get the lower highs and the descending trend line. Instead, it goes straight across, and then you have the higher lows that give you an ascending trend line below. It is the move out of that triangle, this move. When you have that triangle, this is the move that confirms the, the breakout of the triangle. When you come through that descending trend line up high, that's your confirmation. That's where you wanna pay attention. You wanna see volume come in. And again, you got that big volume within the pole on the way up. A lot of times um, these stocks are extended in a traditional can slim breakout uh, type manner that we're used to. So you wanna keep that in mind. It's a different type and different style of trading. When you're trading this kind of momentum, you're getting in, catch the breakout, catch the swing. I'll give you some tools uh, later to help with that. Uh, but you're getting in and getting out. Your mindset's a little bit different uh, when you're dealing with these velocity type names compared to a can slim swing or position type breakout where you're looking to ride that for an extended gain. Not that there's not some overlap there, but that's not really the mindset initially. It's just to get in, capture that explosive, you know, move with velocity, lock it in and move on to the next. Oops. Go back real quick. Sorry. That one, that triangle is here that I just mentioned. And that is BPT, which still going. You got that triangle breakout here, flag back. And again, more than a double uh, and potentially setting up again. We'll have to see what oil and gas does uh, and if they start participating. But again, you, 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 this was the beginning of the move, came on the radar you know, down here as it moves through 10. Um, again, I have those. I'm not going to catch these because I have those limits, you know, on my on price. Uh, but I am going to catch it as it comes through 10. It's going to get on my radar. And then those those additional opportunities come. Besides the flags and the triangles, sometimes we just get stocks that move sideways. They have that big move volume comes in it's explosive but then it moves sideways a lot of times uh it'll just act like it's marking time just kind of up and down up and down sideways sometimes you'll see the range gets tight a little bit uh flat bases those just sideways consolidations three weeks tight uh is another one on the weekly chart that's pretty small but on the daily chart a three weeks tight a lot of times looks like it's just moving sideways. And depending on your time frame, uh, sometimes that can wear you out if you're a day trader. But you should keep it on your radar because a lot of times that more explosive move is coming. It's allowing uh, those moving averages to catch up, whether that's a 21 EMA or the 50 EMA. It's allowing those moving averages to catch up when it moves sideways. Uh, and a lot of times, 
if it is a name where institutions are going to get involved, allowing that 10 week moving average or 50 day moving average to catch up the price is a lot of times where the, you're going to see the institutions step back in. So, you know, in that case, even though you'll see this happen on all time frames uh, with these consolidations, flat bases and those mostly we're referring uh, to the weekly charts uh, where, they, where they've gone uh, sideways. So you do want to keep into context that you have that big trend uh, on the weekly chart uh, prior to those consolidations. It's important uh, that you had that you know, money coming in and you can see those, we call them elephant footprints, that you know that the big institutions were stepping in before it goes sideways. Because as that volume starts to tighten up, the price starts to tighten up. And as that volume starts to dry up, you're watching for those footprints, uh, the elephants to come back into the stock. And that's what's going to take it for that, that next leg up. When you do get that next leg up, it's important with these types of setups that you take out the highs. You do not want to put in a lower high because a lot of times that will set you up for a fail move. So a lot of the three weeks tight and those consolidations that move sideways, those patterns confirm when the high is taken out versus when we're looking at a triangle uh, or we're looking at a flag, a lot of times the entry and the confirmation of that pattern is below the high. So you're actually coming in below the high and then you wanna make sure that, that that high is taken out versus when it moves sideways and it's consolidating, you really want that high to be taken out before you come in because it's still in a range, it's chopping sideways in a range. You wanna come out of that range uh, before you, you get involved. So like I said earlier, most often that stock came on my radar by populating my scan weeks and even months earlier. So I've got it on my radar, I've created that watch list, but a lot of times it could be four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks later, depending on the stock, depending on the momentum, depending on the general market, before it's ready to move again. Uh, so uh, uh, you've got to be prepared. You've got to stay on them. Don't give up on them. If they do move sideways, and we'll see some examples of starting to wear you out a little bit, uh, that's usually a sign that it's getting ready to move. Uh, so patience, very, very important to have that patience, watch for the volume to dry up as the range tightens. That usually tells you the sellers are drying up and it's getting ready. Uh, and like I discussed, those alternate entries, triangles, descending trend lines, flags, you want to make sure you take out that high, no lower lows. As far as indicators, moving averages, 1020 cloud is what I prefer to use. I love that it's a range, it's an area, it's not one line. Um, it gives me a little window to say, I can let price wiggle a little bit in this area and, and still give it room. I, a lot of my stops are on a closing basis if I'm swinging position trading. Um, if I'm day trading, as you'll see, it, it's a lot tighter. There's no rig, wiggle room. But I, I really do prefer on the, on the daily chart and, and kind of what I'm referring to in the velocity scan, 
is, is most often in my tweets, I'm referring to the daily chart and, and 1020 cloud. Volume by price is another one that it's, a, it's another indicator that I think is very, very helpful to kind of show you where most of the volume sits within price. And it can help guide you as we'll see as to when you know, the, the buyers have control versus when the sellers still have control you know, within that prior run. And then as it consolidates within the pattern, I'm a big fan of anchored VWAP. Uh, thank you, Brian Shannon of Alpha Trends. Um, you know, I've learned so much from him as far as VWAP, uh, uh, an incredible presentation yesterday. If you didn't see it, you definitely got to see that one on the replay. Um, but VWAP is something that I use to tell me who has control. You know, buyers above a rising uh, VWAP, the buyers are in control. If it's a declining VWAP, the sellers are in control. A lot of times it can not only help guide you as far as entry and when to get in, as you'll see, it can also tell you when to stay out. I also have year to date anchored VWAP on all my charts, uh, just because I was amazed at how often it comes into play. And especially, you know, when we get into those summer months and we've had, you know, not the greatest of market stocks have come in, a lot of times uh, that year to date anchored VWAP tends to be a dividing line buyers and sellers, especially as you start to see stocks come up the right side, forming their, their bases. A lot of times uh, that, that can be a great guide that buyers are taking control as price moves back above uh, year to date VWAP. Uh, trend lines, this is as basic and as simple as it gets, connecting those highs uh, within the flag, within the triangles, use those trend lines if you don't have access to anchored vwap as i'll show sometimes trend lines are the next best thing uh, they can really help you they're a fantastic guide uh, both with your entries getting in and when to get out um it, it's and and we'll go through this as i go through some of these you know examples and kind of tie it all in uh you'll see that uh, a lot of times you want to try to keep it as simple uh, as possible. I'm going to come over to TrendSpider now and go through a few examples of some of the stocks that came on uh, to the velocity scan and, and kind of when they got my attention and some of the things that I was looking at with each, going back to that, that BPT example, you know, as you came through here, and, and I'll zoom out a little more because you'll see this is part of kind of a, a hey ben, base. I really think you have to do a, a new share, actually. I'm still seeing the presentation. Okay. Yeah, no worries. And while Ben's doing that, make sure to get any questions you have about this presentation in the chat box. We'll try to answer as many as possible uh, right after we go through the examples. And uh, a few people are asking about specific entries and stop loss areas, Ben. So I think that'd be great to talk through with the examples as well, if you've got them. Yeah, no problem. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to get into more of those. Yep. There it is. Did we come up now? Yep. All right. Yeah. So you had this kind of base cup base, didn't really put in a proper handle, but boy, as it came through here and that volume came in, you really started to see price momentum, things are starting to pick up there. BPT had a float of 21 million. 
that week of the breakout back there, it did 8 million in a week. So over a, a third of its float. So you want to keep that in mind. You know, there's potential there. If it's turning over its float in every two or three weeks, uh, that's pretty strong. So you know that it has the potential to really move and move quickly. So you're getting it on the radar back here. That's not written. I'll, I'll zoom in a little bit more here. When you're coming in right here, and again, for me, it's really not going to be one that I'm jumping into over here uh, because it hasn't really crossed that $10 threshold yet. But once it does in here and I see the volume that's come in as it come through here, I'm going to add it to my watch list and I'm going to start to pay more attention to it. I'm going to keep it on the radar. And then within this, a lot of times as it's forming that flag or triangle, even within that base, which you see right here within that pattern, it's going to pop up on the scan again. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's ready right here, but I love to see multiple, uh, you know, multiple times within that run and with whether it's within the flagpole or within the consolidation, I want to, I want to be hit in the head with the name. I want to see it on the scan during the day after hours. I want to be sharing it with you guys on FinTwit multiple times. And a lot of times you'll see me say in that tweet that, you know, BPT again, BPT again, biotech, this name, you know, SEGA again. Um, and that's what I'm referring to is that there's been multiple um, times where it's populating the, the screen, then it starts to tighten up. Now, when you get into that flag and you start to see price action start to tighten up, that's when you really want to start paying attention in here, in this area. Now, ideally, I like to see, and I would say a minimum of a week to two, below five days, uh, you know, a lot of times they have a lot of momentum, but it's not enough time to tighten up. And it's really, really tough to manage your risk if you don't have enough time to form a, a proper pattern and kind of let it tighten up, let the volume kind of ease up. You see in this triangle how volume really tightened up here as it got near the apex. You know me, I love inside days. I share those with you guys all the time too. When you get that inside day at the apex there, now it's really screaming at me that, okay, we have to pay attention here. So you get that inside day, inside day comes out to the upside. Even though this one didn't go immediately, that trend line right there, as you came through that descending trend line, you knew it was go time there. That was, that was really clear. One of the things that I'll also look at a lot of times is I'll take that anchored VWAP and attached it to the high. So I'm anchoring it to the high candle. And then as this consolidates sideways, I want to make sure that as it's consolidated and before it comes out, that we're a back above anchored VWAP and we're turning that back to the upside. So I really like to see, I'm going to extend this out a little bit more. I really like to see that it's acting as support, at least for a few sessions, which you saw here. And then once you come through that descending trend line, come out of the triangle and you're above a rising anchored VWAP, that's go time. You want to see that volume pick up. You start to see that volume pick up. So this is where I'd be coming in. 
initially, and again, this depends on whether I'm thinking just in terms of a day trade or if I'm thinking in terms of swinging it, my initial stop is often either the low of the day if I'm day trading or if I'm thinking more in terms of swing trading and trying to capture a bigger move, a lot of times I'm gonna use that anchored VWAP or the 10 portion of 1020 cloud as my initial stop. So let's say that stop is 5% away and I'm thinking about swing trading. I need to capture about 15% to make that risk reward uh, make sense if my stop is 5% away. One of the other things that I do quickly, we take out this high, we start making progress, big volumes coming in. As soon as it makes sense technically, and really that's on this first day when you have a good move like this, I'm gonna try to get my stop up to break even as soon as possible, as soon as it makes sense uh, to technically to move, especially if I had a 5% stop and I'm up 5% or more on that initial move out of the flag, there's a good chance that I'm going to immediately move my stop up to break even. So at this point, I'm taking my risk off, gives me a better opportunity to be able to hold on to a bigger move. I'm gonna go more into details as far as how I do this with day trading, uh, but for swing trading, that's usually what I'm looking for to capture that bigger move. Reward is, is you know, a, a multiple of my risk, but at the same time, it needs to make sense technically. One of the things with these flag patterns and these type of stocks, when they have momentum and they really get going, really get moving, is that they tend to repeat the pattern. Watch the group, watch the general market. If the group is still hot, acting well, and you're seeing multiple names in the group, flag, 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 a lot of times they're coming into 1020 cloud. In this case here, you dipped a little bit lower back into 50. Notice that red line is year to date anchored VWAP and how I said, I always keep that on my chart. You notice it, it found support there. You had the 50 day just below, and then it was another you know, flag. I didn't participate in this move, but I like this one where the moving averages again start to tighten up there. You had a very clean descending trend line. What you'll notice a lot of times anchored VWAP off of the high and the descending trend line, a lot of times they meet at one spot. So even if you don't have access to anchored VWAP, I mean, it's on a lot of of the platforms now, but I, I understand that it's it's not on all of them. Um, if you don't have access to that, most of the time that descending trend line and anchored VWAP will line up at the same point. I love that I have both because it's further confirmation, but when you see that tighten up there and then take out both the descending trend line and take out uh, that anchored VWAP, that's usually a sign the buyers are back in control and it's time to go. And the move really should be explosive. Like you, if it's really gonna act like it should and you're coming through this point, you should be in the green right away. Whether it's a day trade uh, or if you're a swing trade, you really should see green you know, almost immediately uh, on your entry. Uh, that's usually the best sign that I have that it's gonna work. And then you, again, you had another nice run and now consolidating again. 
And we'll see, does this form a triangle? Does it just continue to move sideways? When do they reclaim anchored VWAP? They haven't yet. What's happening with the group? Is oil and gas you know, gonna take another leg up or is it still uh, you know, consolidating the most recent? So it's, it's not really just one thing. Uh, you wanna kind of tie it all together uh, and, and keep in the back of your mind that you have these names on a watch list uh, that you've already done your homework on that have already populated uh, the scan. I wanna show Scorpio tankers, STNG. This is another name that had this kind of cup with handle. And a lot of times when we talk about these flag patterns and we talk about uh, these moves, you're thinking you know, that this only happens when stocks are extended. But that's not always the case. A lot of times you can get this type of move and still being up the right side as part of a, a larger cup with handle pattern. The move actually came off of the lows within that base. So it's not that, you know, always these patterns are happening, you know, way up here. So watch as they come up the right side, your clue is going to be that volume price and that they're populating. A lot of times, uh, you know, this candle here, big volume, nice move, that's going to put it on the velocity scan. That's going to get my attention, but that doesn't mean it's ready to go right here for entry. As it moves up, you see those prior highs, then it starts to come in and flag. You see the volume lighten up. It's coming into 1020 cloud. You attach that descending trend line on there. As it comes through there, that's when you want to enter. In this name, float was 53 million. When I compare that to the volume, remember we were talking about comparing, you know, how much volume it does on those breakouts, comparing that to the float. I wasn't overly impressed. This volume is a lot more impressive to me than back here. A lot of times what that tells me is there's more of an opportunity for this to be more of a trender rather than a really explosive move where I want to get in, get my profit, get out. If on that breakout, let's say the volume for that week did 40 or 50 million and we were flipping the float as compared to doing two and a half, three million, that's what kind of determines to me, you know, whether I want to be really aggressive, capture that explosive move and get out versus something that maybe I want to give a little bit more room, think about, you know, holding a little bit longer and let it trend. Uh, so again, volume determines magnitude. The bigger the volume, especially in comparison to float, that tells you the magnitude, the velocity of that move. Now, I want you to pay attention to what I do here. On the highs of these flags, coming into this high, where I drew the descending trend line, I'm going to add anchored VWAP. You can see again, like we talked about earlier, that descending trend line and anchored VWAP, they're almost at the same spot here. It was that candle, that move that comes out of there that says, hello, look at me here. Now remember back here and back here, it's already come on your radar. You've already seen that you've had some big volume coming in. You got a couple pocket pivots. This was the real opportunity, the first real opportunity 
if you wanted to get involved to come in was here on this flag came in came out of there you got a nice run out of that note how when it did come in that same vwap that i put on there acted as support when it came in here it came back to pivot back here but that area of support before it formed another flag so as it starts to come in and flag again Ideally, this would have gone a little bit longer, which is why I say pay attention to the group, because at that time, shippers were red hot. This wasn't the only name in the group that was acting well. So again, you had that flag, little descending trend line on there. I had the high right here, right? So again, I'm going to put that VWAP on that high. Again, as you come in right in through here, this is going to say, okay, buyers back ahead in control, buyers stepping back in, volumes picking up. You had the shakeout. You're starting to see it reclaim. You hadn't taken out that trend line yet, but here it comes. Again, we're getting that, that big move and kind of clued in here that, okay, it's time for another run coming out of that flag. That's exactly what you saw. Now note, you got this move and again, you know, it's not a matter of capturing all of this. That's not usually uh, going to be my goal. Uh, a, a few days and maybe, and as I'll show you in some of these examples, maybe it's only this move, depending on the stock. Maybe it's just a day trade, but you wanna capture a portion. If you saw Ray um, this morning, I think he did a good job of mentioning how if something moves 100%, it's not that he's in it to capture that full 100%. If he can take 20%, 30%, his chunk out of it, great. He's going to keep his equity curve moving up and he captured uh, you know, his portion of it. And, and then a lot of times with these is going to set up for you again. That's what we ended up seeing here. Another flag tested that anchored VWAP again. And same thing here, you put the anchored VWAP on the high. It almost does the exact same thing it did back here and back here, where that little trend line anchored VWAP, where they come back in, buyers take control. Again, you get another nice run. You can see how it's not perfect, not much is, but you can see how 1020 cloud can come uh, in handy especially if you're a swing trader and you get in one of these moves and you want, let's say we had a healthier market with a lot of groups acting well, you know, as compared to the conditions we have right now, maybe you hold on for this bigger move and don't come out of it until, you know, 1020 cloud uh, gets violated up here somewhere. Again, you'll notice up here, you had the same type setup. You had the flag, you had anchored VWAP attached, even had a little inside day right there. As it starts to come through, it didn't really go. You didn't, you didn't see the move like you saw back here, explosive. You didn't really see that spike in volume above you know, what you did prior to. So at that point, you can start to think, okay, maybe this is getting a little toppy. This one didn't go. And then it's you know, gonna, gonna consolidate. You're gonna have a bigger pattern, a bigger consolidation form. And that's again, you know, kind of what we're seeing right here. You're below, you're back below anchored VWAP. You kind of danced around that high, but you didn't really push through and take it out. Uh, so this is one that you want to just move on to the next, let it do its thing. Um, you should have your, your watch list of new names, you know, that have popped up as shippers have corrected 
then you kind of move into biotech names. We're pausing for a brief moment to let you guys know that this podcast is also brought to you by TraderLine Private Access. If you're looking for mentorship and a guide for your trading journey, you should look no further. At TL Private, we focus on teaching you a sustainable, risk-focused growth investing system that you can take and make your own. Unlock exclusive resources, courses, and educational opportunities, and learn more at TraderLine.com slash private access. And now I'm kind of bringing you more where we're at now. Uh, this one, SIGA, SIGA Technologies. And again, this is one that set up a nice base, came out of that base, big volume. Uh, and again, this is kind of where it's on my radar is with this big volume, but it's definitely not ready to enter. You see that there's 46 million is a float in this name. And that that breakout, it did 81 million. A couple sessions later, it did 102 million. Now this is daily, not weekly. So you know the magnitude is there. This has an opportunity to really explode when it goes. It's, it's more than flipping its float on a daily basis. Those are the ones that really have the potential to move. Unfortunately, what happens with these names a lot of times is when they do form their triangle their, or flag, they're really wide and loose. And you see that in this, in this setup. There's a lot of emotion you know, involved in this flag. You really gotta wait for it to tighten up. And the reason for that is in something like this early on, how are you gonna bench your risk? Where are you gonna bench your risk? You know, when it's moving like this, you can't really manage that risk tightly. And if you even attempt to, uh, there's a good chance you're going to get shaken out. So again, that anchored VWAP from off the high comes in handy. Watch for that to tighten up. This is where I really like to use the volume shelf point of control. When that lines up there, uh, you have year to date anchored VWAP. You have you anchored VWAP off of the high. I would love have loved for this to tighten up even further here, which you know, unfortunately we didn't really get that tight action. If this comes in one more time, tests this anchored VWAP again, gets really tight, narrow range, maybe gives you an inside day over here, that would be ideal. But we don't always get what we want, especially with these type of names, small cap biotechs that can really move. So my mindset on something like this really is, day trade only. I'm only thinking if I'm going to get involved that I'm going to day trade this one. The same variables apply. You're looking for that break through the trend line. Make sure you're above anchored VWAP, but I'm really going to zoom in. Oops. I'm really going to zoom in on something like this to the 30 minute chart. And I love to use the floor pivots. Again, I'm going to, Brian Chan touched on this yesterday. Did a great job on this. We did a, um, a momentum mastery, we called it. I did a webinar and presentation with Tra TraderLine before with Richard. And we kind of went into detail, more detail on this, of how I use the, the floor pivots, you know, on, on the shorter term charts. But this is the trend line here, that red. And once I push up and through, uh, R2 is the one that I have highlighted there in pink. And in this case, you move not only through R2 in that first candle, you took out R3. Like I'm selling into this. 
I, I, it can go another, you know, 10%, 20% without me. I don't care. But if I came in on down here through the trend line, day trade mindset, I'm going to get in, I'm going to get paid, I'm going to get out, I'm going to sleep at night, I'm not going to hold a small cap biotech that's moving wild. Um, that's the approach that I'm going to have. And once I tag those pivots, you know, I'm going to get out and, and move on. Uh, I'm not going to wear out my welcome you know, in something like that, as compared to something that has, let's say, can slim qualities. When you compare that type of trading, that type of move and that type of setup to something like LI. And does Rappel like LI? He might have mentioned it a couple of times. If I wasn't you... sure. I wasn't sure. What, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, I mean, I watched his presentation, but is it even on his radar? Uh, no, just we're kidding because he kept coming back to it. And there's a reason, you know, that he's coming back to it. But I look at LI, you've got this, you know, base, you've got a group that's acting strong. You've had this, you know, monster move, you know, off of off of the bottom. That's your flagpole. You're kind of setting up a symmetrical triangle flag. Now it's still kind of dancing around that anchored VWAP, but we're getting there. 1020 cloud there has caught up to price. So we really want to see this kind of consolidate, maybe tighten up a little bit more and then come out of there on that volume pop. That's what we're looking for. Now, remember earlier, I told you to be flexible. In this case, we're talking about a float here that's 370 million. There's institutions in here. There's, it's, it's really liquid. There's heavy sponsorship. Maybe this thing is doing you know, 180 million on a big week. So comparing that, you can still get velocity out of something like this, but again, you've got to compare it, uh, you know, with um, that that you're comparing the float to the average volume to determine whether it can have velocity. Again, when we talk about short squeeze potential, there is only three percent short of the float. If you only looked at that, you wouldn't think there's much opportunity for a short squeeze. However, there's almost three days to cover in this name. So when you take the short float and compare that with the short ratio and also tie that in with the float of 370 million and then back here, when it first came on the radar or off of the bottom or as we climbed, you know that you're turning over 50% of the float in a week. You know that there's still an opportunity for a big move as it comes out of there. And this is your clue. You already saw this big move uh, off of the bottom. So with a name like this, where we have you know strong fundamentals, we have uh, EPS growth, we have triple-digit revenue growth, triple-digit EPS growth. There's fundamentals behind this potential market leader. You got to ask yourself those questions. You know, obviously, how's the overall market doing and holding up? And it's up to you whether you want to separate and even get involved in China names. There is a tendency for these you know China names to gap, but right now, as you look around. These names are acting very well. Uh, for a long period of time, I completely eliminated them from my watch list. I literally had it built in as a parameter to eliminate China names, but they're acting a lot better now. Uh, you're getting into a leading group too. So let's say I come into something like this, it explodes out of there. 
I come in it just the same as, as I mentioned, and I heard uh, Jim also mentioned, you know, you always want to buy it this pivot, but it happens to everybody or, or you want to buy as it comes through, you know, maybe a trend line down here. Oops. Wait one second. You want to buy as it comes through, you know, early in the trend. Everyone wanted to catch it down here or catch it as it comes through a cheap pivot or catch it up here. But if you miss those, this is where that opportunity comes in to jump in later. And you can still manage your risk tightly. A lot of times it's great when you did catch it back here because maybe it's giving you an add-on opportunity. But my mindset in a name like this, especially if I can build some cushion, cushion is important. If I can get 10, 20% cushion in a name like this that has the potential to lead, I'm going to treat this a lot differently than SIGA, that small cap bio, uh, biotech that I mentioned earlier. If I can get, even if my approach to coming in and entering it is exactly the same, in the back of my mind, my mindset is a lot different that maybe if I can build that cushion and the market stays healthy and the group is acting well, that I can stay in it for longer. How are we doing on time? We're getting close to that hour mark. I want to make sure I have time to take questions, but I do have a couple more, you know, that I want to point out. But again, in this case, we're back above anchored VWAP. It's acted as support a couple sessions. Tighten up one more time here, maybe a day or two, then push through that descending trend line. Watch for volume to increase. I'm going to be coming in. Yeah, Stop. I think you've got, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you, you've got plenty of time. We're good on time? All right, great. Um, sometimes I want to cover one more little um, biotech that's kind of, and I, I didn't have a lot of, of opportunities uh, to find ascending trials. There just weren't many recent ones, but this is one that, that kind of like we talked about earlier, uh, setting up a little ascending triangle where you have higher lows, but that those higher highs kind of go right across. You have a really clean pivot there, 2008. In this case, it was news, news gap back here that put it on the radar. But this is another name, 27 million float, 50 million came in on the gap. When you're flipping the float twice, you know, on, on a one, on a day when news comes out, and it was good news. Brain cancer, 91% benefit. Nine out of 10 participants in their clinical study uh, benefited. Another thing to keep an eye out, especially in these biotech names that don't make money, the very next day they issued a secondary. That happens often. And it's often in the names for whatever reason that I'm involved in. But when that stock didn't give anything back on that secondary, and you saw big volume come in again on day two after this big gap, that again was kind of a sign that, wow, there's really some demand for this name. And then you get the drift. 14% short float, four plus days uh, to cover in that name. So you kind of knew the potential was there for this to really move, not only with the organic buyers on the news and not only you know, because those secondary buyers came in and kind of established a baseline level here. Um, but also you had uh, short covering 
uh, in the name as well. One more quickly, RCMT, I want to take a look at. This is a pretty thin name. Uh, but again, you know, back here, you got this breakaway gap. This looked like big volume back there coming on the radar as it come out of this, you know, base. Then you have this nice run. Again, you had a few days there where it's hitting the scan, the float there less than 8 million. And then you got the power earnings gap. I love the power earnings gap. They really jump out when that happens. Um, and on that power earnings gap, you did two and a half million. So, you know, uh, when you're doing a quarter of the float in, a, in one session, that's good. I I'll look at the weekly. If, if the float and the weekly volume are close, uh, that's usually a sign that it has a chance to be explosive. If you're doing that in a week or above that, it has a chance to be really uh, explosive and move with velocity. There's heavy demand. There's limited supply. This is a, a, a relatively thin name, you know, compared to the ones that I usually trade. But again, I have that parameter set so that even something that has below 150,000 average volume on a day will still populate and get on my radar. That's exactly what happened here. Same thing, you know, we, we attached that anchored VWAP in this case to the gap. And this we love to see. This is what we refer to as post earnings drift. A lot of times you'll get multiple flags or multiple pullbacks uh, within that drift. They come into the 1020 cloud. Uh, they uh, sometimes, some of the best ones hardly in this case, you know, in this run, it hardly even tested anchored VWAP. You didn't really get a full test the whole run as you got that post earnings drift. Uh, and then it starts to come in. So, you know, one of the things that I want to point out once you get five or six days into that pullback, after you've had a nice move, get that anchored VWAP or, or descending trend line on there quickly, uh, because that really can help guide you. Uh, in this case, I'm glad I had anchored VWAP because you really didn't have another point. Usually you like three, but you didn't really have another reference point uh, with the trend line until much later. So that anchored VWAP off of the high was really a good guide. And you can see you really haven't reclaimed that. So even though you were trying to set up in here and, and maybe even set up in a pinch here, and we refer to the pinch when you have an anchored VWAP on the bottom that's trending up and providing support, an anchored VWAP from off of the top that's providing resistance from above, you'll a lot of times see price action kind of pinball in between those levels. And then when it comes out of there, that's usually your, your clue that, okay, it's ready to move, whether it's buyers or sellers in control. But you'll notice in this, it kept you out of trouble because you never reclaimed that anchored VWAP. You never turned it back to the upside. Uh, you kind of knew that, that, okay, I can keep it on my watch list. I can keep it on my radar, but there was never really a clean opportunity, a clean entry uh, to come back in and anchored VWAP is really what guided you uh, to, to kind of stay out of it. Um, what may happen next here as you come in, is this going to base? Are we going to turn up the right side? I often refer to when the 10, the 20 and the 50 day get real tight in here and, and price starts to reclaim that. I refer to that as power of three. And, and I know Ray talked earlier about one to 3%. He calls it the launch pad. 
but it's the same type concept. I'll use you know one to one and a half percent uh, as my guide for the 10, the 20, and the 50 day real tight. And then price you know moves above those those moving averages turn back to the upside. Then I want to see them act as support. Then I want to see it come through. Um, I share those all the time. Uh, you know, we discuss those power of three setups, how to trade them. Once it comes through, you can really manage your risk quite, quite uh, tightly uh, against those, those moving averages. And I know uh, Launchpad, same concept. Uh, and then the more you can tie together and have confluence. So a lot of times in this case, you'll have that power of three, you have that anchored VWAP pinch, you have that descending trend line, they all meet right there. And then you see price really come through volume pickup and you can bench it really, really tightly. That's really what you're looking for in these patterns is how can I get in and how can I manage my risk very tightly so that I know if I'm wrong and whether it's the general market, the group or the stock itself isn't gonna cooperate, I know it quickly. Um, one last thing before I'll get into your questions. Don't ignore ETFs because a lot of times the ETFs, whether they're leveraged or not leveraged, a lot of times they have the setup in the exact same patterns. You're using the same tools. Uh, this one happens to be dust, which uh, is bearish, two times bearish, uh, you know, the metals miners. Same type pattern. You had a nice runoff of the bottom. Kind of get that descend trend. It is a little steep, but again, you kind of tighten up there and push out. Again, maybe setting up another flag up here now. You're only a couple days into it. I've already got anchored VWAP attached uh, to see how this, you know, uh, consolidates. What type of pattern does it set up in? Give it time to allow that 1020 cloud to catch up. If it stays, you know, to where it's consolidating and even dips below 1020 cloud, give it time for the 50 day, whether you're on the daily chart or the weekly 10MA, give it time to catch up. Uh, because a lot of times that's when it does have the next big leg is once those, those moving averages um, catch up. And whether it's, you know, the, the leverage ones, solar's one we just talked about, uh, it's kind of setting up a little bit wide and loose. If you've been in any of the solar names recently, you know that they're kind of bouncing around, acting well in general, but you've had some pretty significant shakeouts within those names too. And you can kind of see that as it's still consolidating. But late last week, we did come out of this little triangle, took out anchored VWAP, volume coming in nicely, maybe a sign that they're ready to participate again, ideally, if you're swing trading, position trading, you want to see this take out those highs. You want to see 78.82, that prior high, uh, you know, get taken out. Um, I know yesterday you guys talked about the higher, higher low setup uh, as well. Uh, and that was with Pat. Uh, same thing here. You get that higher low. I love once it consolidated, you're seeing that flag pattern. Ideally, you want to see, especially if you come in and your mindset is, oh, I've got some cushion. The group is acting well. The general market's acting better. I want to hold that for a bigger move. You know, that's you, you want to, if you're a swinger position trader, make sure you take out that high. You do not want to see this roll over again here, not take out that high and put in a lower low. I mean, a higher, a, a lower high, lower high. 
you don't want that lower high to happen here. You want that one to, to be taken out if you're gonna stick with it. One last thing, sometimes they can look perfect. They can look beautiful. Everything can line up and they don't work. This is BORR, uh, oil and gas driller. 90 million float had 20 million plus on the breakout back here. Multiple flags looking good, consolidating up here, moved back above anchored VWAP here, inside day here. Everything I look for right here. And inside day came out to the downside. It rolled over. If you were watching the group, oil and gas did not you know, participate. Uh, and so even though everything had lined up, uh, you got to obey your stops. You know, price is going to guide you. Price will keep you out of trouble. If this inside day comes out to the upside, you take out that trend line, you know, it's telling you that, all right, it's go time. We're ready for another leg. At the same time, if there's an issue with the group or the general market, it's not going to participate. It's not going to go. It should really go immediately. Like I said, you should have cushion right away. You should see that velocity come in with your entry as it takes out that descending trend line or on an inside day setup where that inside day is just below the trend line. That inside day comes out to the upside. It should go immediately. Uh, you should be in the green right away. A lot of times I will even set um, a stop uh, buy stop order, you know, just above that inside day or maybe just above that descending trend line or at it that's going to put me in automatically uh, because uh, maybe I've got a couple other stocks that I'm already in um, and managing those or watching those a little closer. Uh, sometimes I'll, I won't set a buy stop, but I'll set an alert and the alert will tell me that, hey, here we go. We're going through trend line. We're coming through VWAP inside days coming out. So find ways to make it easier and to, to alert yourself, um, you know, that, hey, uh, this stock, I've been tracking this setup for a long time and it needs, it needs my attention. And a lot of times it can take quite a while. This is V-E-R-U. This thing has been wearing traders out. You know, three or four weeks is usually ideal. The ones with the strongest momentum you know, um, they'll often be less than those weeks, but you know, this one really wearing people out, hasn't really tightened up, you know, this big move, 60 million uh, is the float and it did 300 million on the breakout, flipped its float five times on this breakout, big volume candles, big move, uh, but just hasn't tightened up, hasn't gone. You can see now that the moving averages are catching up the price. Is this going to tighten up over here? 10, 20, 50 cloud tightening up can act as support. Are we going to push through there? Volume shelf point of controls just above. You see Friday's candle covered the range. From year to date anchored VWAP, VWAP off of that breakout, VWAP off of the high, VWAP off of the other breakout, capped it at the top. So it's still working. It's still consolidating. That descending trend line above, this is what I mean why you know, you got to put it on a watch list, put it on your radar. There's a good chance that when this does finally go and we get this type of move, if we get this type of move again, you know, it's, it's going to have already worn you out and you're going to have it off of your radar. Set alerts, uh, put it in a watch list. 
33% short float here. That on its own, you say, wow, one third of the float is short. But when you compare that to volume, it's less than a day to cover it. So short squeeze is not really in play here, even though 33% of the float is short. And you'd think, wow, we're really going to squeeze when this comes out. You got to look at that short ratio. 0.73, it's not even one day on average volume. Um, still has a chance to be explosive, but it's going to need to be explosive with organic buyers, not because of that combination of organic buyers and short squeeze. How are we doing? We're doing great. We got about uh, 20 minutes left and we've got plenty of questions, Ben. So uh, we can either run through some more examples or we can take some questions and then, you know, there's probably a good example to match each question. So yeah, I'll, I'll pair that up if we have questions that I want to make sure I can cover the questions. So perfect. Uh, first of all, there's a good one from Dennis. Uh, hey, Dennis, great to have you in the stream. Uh, does uh, Ben have a minimum length of days for a pullback to be viable and create a trend line? Hey, Dennis, my, my buddy, Dennis, um, the, yes, I need three touches and I usually need a minimum of five days is the just absolute minimum. Ideally, I'm going to get more than that. I'm going to get 10 days, maybe even three weeks. If I can get three weeks, the, the, the sweet spot is three to four weeks, but on something that's really moving and you know, going back to um, Sting as an example, you know, you really didn't get that here. You kind of got it back here. You really didn't get that back here, which is why for me, anchored VWAP is so important. You know, I, I can watch, I don't need as many days if I got anchored VWAP, because that's going to tell me the day that buyers are back in control. Really, you need uh, several touches. You need at least you know two to three touches there to guide you on that on that trend line. Now, some of the best movers, the strongest movers, you know, they're really not going to give you that three weeks. You know, even like back here, some if you're zoomed into a 30-minute chart or a 60-minute chart, this gives you plenty of candles, but you're not going to see that on the on the daily. So time frame matters. Sometimes you've got to zoom in you know, 30 minute or hourly 65 minute, my preference on something that's really moving quick. These little flags in here, you know, really moving um, again in the, the momentum mastery, we went more in details and really discussed how zooming in to the 30 minute and 60 minute, but I can talk, I would have this, this presentation, they would have need to give me three hours, you know, to zoom in. Uh, but Richard has other guests. But you need three. You need three to four. You need three to four weeks, ideally, and you need three touches on the trend line. If you don't get those touches, anchored VWAP is your best friend, uh, because that can tell you in a matter of days, or if you're zoomed in, you know when the buyers come back in and and have control. Perfect. And there's a question from Jerry that I think is an interesting one. Um, he says, "Aren't these super thin names uh, bid ask spread a factor for you, Ben? Uh, thank you." absolutely plays a role in my sizing pl plays a role in 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 stops plays a role in whether i take it at all rcmt was so thin um that i had to completely pass on it i didn't i didn't take it at all and even though it was a beautiful setup uh you know and i steered some some others to it uh, i personally didn't take it it was just one of those names that for me was too thin 
Um, and when you have a, a wide bid ask spread, that's actually more of a concern for me because some of these thinner names, even if they only trade 300K in volume, will still have tighter, you know, eight cent, 10 cent bid ask spread. Um, I can get involved in those. Like, I don't mind that. And, and I can exit on those um, without an issue, but it definitely plays a role. And you definitely have to keep that in mind. You can't really come in with size on something that's going to have a 1% plus bid ask spread. Uh, you can get killed on that trying to get out with any type of size. Uh, yeah, so you definitely have to be aware of that. Be aware of both, you know, volume, uh, overall, uh, daily volume, and the spreads, you know, as a guide, as, as far as sizing into them. Uh, a lot of those small cap biotechs uh, will have a wide spread. Um, one of the good things is if you're coming into them a little bit later, like I do, they'll have a lot more eyes and a lot more attention on them. So a lot of times the volume has picked up and the spreads have, have decreased and they're a lot tighter later in something like this than if you're trying to get in down here. Uh, but it's definitely something you, you want to be aware of and, and keep in mind. Not as important if you, as important if you have a smaller count or, or you're taking these, um, like we talked about earlier, uh, to kind of build on uh, your equity curve and, and, and you know, do that in addition uh, to your larger positions. But it definitely can play a role if you're trying to get into something like this, you know, with a big percentage of your portfolio, you can definitely get in trouble. Perfect. And there's a really good question here from Vishnu. Uh, ben, how do you deal with false breakouts? You get stopped out. You, you lose money. Um, part of the game. Huh? Part of the game. <laughs> yeah, that, that's trading. Welcome. You know, the, anyone that tried to hold on to this for more than, and the, you're out there, you're probably listening and probably watching. Um, you got this breakout. If you didn't ring the register in that first 30 to 60 minutes, like I showed at R2 or R3, and you stayed with it, you got an inside day the next day and you thought, oh, I'm in, I'm in good shape. I stayed with it. I didn't get shaken out, you know, but then you went bearish outside. So you likely got shaken out and your stop uh, got hit. The best way to manage that is if, if you're uh, putting in a stop that's 3% away and on this move, you're up 6%, your stop should be a break even. You should have trimmed some capture some of that move. You don't have to take all of it, take 50%. You can't go wrong taking 50%. If it goes on without you, you still have 50%. If you, you know, stops you out on the rest, that's fine too. You captured 50%. So, you know, really trying to come in, capture some of that game quickly. But again, something like this, you're going to want to have a really tight stop. You're going to want to move it up, get it to break even much more quickly and much more aggressively then something with LI, like I showed earlier, that has institutions behind it. Maybe your mindset is more of, I'm going to stick with this a little longer, cancel them type strategy, um, stay with it for a swing, maybe even turn it in to a longer term position trade if we don't see you know, distribution days adding up on the market. But getting stopped out is all a part of the process. I share a lot of setups 
you know, getting stopped out of those, it's a numbers game. There's math behind it. Cut those losers quickly, tighten up those stops as soon as you can, but try to find a way uh, where you can let those winners, at least if you're thinking swing position traders, to let those winners run a little bit longer. Uh, even if you take half of the profits right away, gotta find a way to capture that bigger move. Whether you're doing that on a percentage basis of your risk uh, and, and multiples of your risk, or if you're you know taking half off and then trailing it uh, with a shorter term moving average. Perfect. Uh, keep the questions coming, guys. We've got some good ones here. Um, first of all, um, there's been a little bit of discussion in the chat, like how does this compare to classic can slim style trading where you're trying to buy a base breakout where you know where we're not trying to buy continuation flag breakouts that type of thing so if you could talk about kind of that differentiation and how you kind of allocate your portfolios uh, accordingly i think that would be good yeah huge difference if and let's assume the market was heavy was healthy and you could come in heavy on something like stng back here this type of big volume I'm coming in with bigger size, 15, 20% of my uh, portfolio. It has, you know, the growth behind it. It's an A-rated group. You know, there's, there's, uh, and, and let's just pretend that the market was in a healthy uptrend. Uh, we're, we're, you know, not in a, in a market that's under a lot of pressure, bear market, a lot of selling. And the group is acting strong. I'm going to have a completely different approach. I'm going to come into this with that can slim mindset, I'm gonna set my stop five to 7% away as it comes through. My target is gonna be up here, 15, 20% is gonna be my target at least, ideally 20, 25% if I can capture it. And again, the group, the market's acting well. That's a completely different mindset from being in a market that's unhealthy, reversals and breakouts that aren't working you have to find an alternate entry point. And a lot of times that's what this is. You're not waiting for this breakout through the pivot up here. You're trying to come in down here. You're just trying to get in, capture that move. 3%, 5%, 7%. Give me that in a day or two and, I, and I'm out. I'm not looking to really ride a moving average. I'm not really, especially when the market was showing absolutely no signs of being healthy and only commodities were, were really working at that time. Uh, there was really no reason for me to be in a mindset of traditional can slim and thinking, you know, I'm really gonna get into something and, and ride it for 20%. You know, when my can slim mindset to me, once I even have that 15, 20, 25% cushion, I'm thinking, let me try to get through a couple earnings reports let me try to ride this through the weekly 10MA, completely different mindset to coming into something like this with velocity that I'm looking to get in. And yeah, up here, this is considered extended, but I'm only going to be in that for a day or two or three at most. I, I, can, I can take that. I can come into that. And again, depending on where my stop is, how zoomed in I am, the tighter my stop, the more I can size it up. If there's something that I'm really confident in and I've got a lot of confluence just below and my stop is 1% below what I'm coming in and I'm in day trade swing at the most mindset, 
I might take 25, 30, 35% position size, Ali Kell style, you know, come in, come in with confidence and conviction and really put some money to work in that name um, because my stop is so tight. Um, it, it, that's a huge difference. And, and 5%, 7% can slim stop. There's no way I'm coming into something, you know, with that kind of size. So again, going back to what we talked about last time too, that's another reason why, you know, having volume, having liquidity, um, having tight spreads, you know, plays such a big role. You've got to tie that all in. Perfect. And there were a few questions about um, how you use the moving average ribbons and, and why you wouldn't buy it right at the cross of the short-term ribbon above the, the you know, the, the longer-term ribbon as well. Yeah, and just from my experience and just from um, a lot of trial and error, I found that the most explosive moves usually come after that big move that, that puts it on my radar. Right. So I don't want to be the first one into something like this, especially when the market's not healthy. I'm not really looking to get it on that you know, declining trend line down here within the base. I want it to show up on the screen. I want to see some pocket pivots up the right side. I want to know that, you know, wow, they're really coming after it. And usually within this base, you're not usually in either a healthy overall general market or a healthy market for the group. That usually comes later. So the most explosive moves come after that, you know, big volume comes in. I think I have one more example here that I didn't share, but Sanderson Farms, you know, this isn't a name that you typically think of, you know, wow, uh, food group uh, is really going to run and have this type of move. Uh, but that's the type of market we're in. And you really didn't see that kind of explosive volume in the traditional can slim, you know, base back here or even through this pivot. But boy, did you get it later? You know, as you came in, look at this volume coming in on the way up. Um, so that kind of differentiates, like, when did it come on my radar? When did it hit my scam? When did, you know, they, the institutions and when did they get really aggressive, you know, in the name? It didn't really happen back here on, on whether that's the power of three or the pivot. But boy, right through here, it really got aggressive. Volume really picked up. You saw it really pick up on the way up, and now you're kind of flagging out again. Now, because of how extended this is, is this a name that I'm going to be thinking I'm going to come in and and hold for 20, 25% gain like we do with can slim names? And if it was explosive down here, no, I'm, I'm not in that mindset at all with something like this. It's coming into 10, 20 cloud. Look at how quiet that volume got. You know, inside day here, inside day came out. You're right up against that spot that I mentioned where the descending trend line, I've got three touches there, anchored VWAPs right there off of the high. I'm just looking for it to push out. If I come in for, for this, especially with how extended it is, I'm probably going to be thinking day trade, hoping to capture one of these type of moves. But if I get enough cushion, if I make six, 7% on that day trade, take half of it off at R2, but I'm right there and it closes high in the daily closing range, and I'm right there ready to take out that prior high, maybe I make the decision to hold it one more day or give it that room to swing for a day or two. 
So a lot of times cushion mindset, how far extended are we? This is not a name at any point that I'm thinking, you know, can slim. It doesn't have those characteristics that I look for. So I'm not really thinking about, you know, long-term in this get paid, get out. That's kind of what velocity trading is about. This puts it on my radar. The scan says there's really velocity, you know, coming into this name on the pole. Let me get a piece of that to, you know, improve my, my equity. And, and then let me move on to the next one. Because as you see with me sharing these, these set up regularly, especially in a healthy market. Perfect. I think we've got time for maybe one more question. And, and there was a, a suggestion to look at AERC, which I know had a super powerful move. I don't know if you, you trade this one, Ben, but it's definitely a fun chart to take yeah. a look at. Super powerful. Came through here. This is where your volume really picked up. Look at that year to date anchored VWAP, which I mentioned why on all of my charts, you look at that finding support there. Go to the high, put on anchored VWAP, you're right there. You come over, you put on your descending trend line. Now, in this case, it's, it's a little sharp here. Um, you're going to have another one up a little higher, depending on how this dances. So really, in this case, Anchored VWAP is my guide here. You know, you see that there was, and I'm going to, let me zoom in a little bit more. It's really anchored VWAP that helps here. And you've got anchored VWAP, you know, not only that year to date anchored VWAP, you can go to the highest volume bar or the breakout bar, attach anchored VWAP from there too. You can see how that kind of lines up very nicely with year to date anchored VWAP. One, two, three times you found support there. This is your pinch. What I mentioned earlier, how you find support at a lower anchored VWAP resistance above you're bouncing between those anchored VWAPs, just waiting for that to come out. Look at that volume drying up. That's exactly what you want to see. 1020 cloud is caught up to price. Come on out of there. You know, that's, that's really what you're looking for. Come on out of that pinch. And what I was saying about, you know, if you get a third contraction, you're putting, yeah, you're maybe not going to get it here. You've got a triangle there though. You've got higher lows, a couple of them. So you've got, you know, you have an ascending trend line and now you've kind of got that descending trend line. But this is why I was saying anchored VWAP, very important to watch. And big picture, volume shell point of control right there. You know, most of the volume is sits at that purple line. So you're above that. Come on out of there, turn that anchored VWAP back up. Once you make some progress, see volume coming in. Tighten up that stop to break even. Maybe your initial stop is at the low of the day when this comes out. Or if you're thinking longer term swing at 1020 cloud, you start to make progress, move that stop up to break even. Maybe hang with it another day if it's ready. It looks like it's going to take out that high. That that's 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 my approach. That's the whole approach uh, to to velocity trading. Perfect. Well, Ben, thank you so much for an excellent presentation. And a lot of people are saying there's an awesome Q&A. So thank you so much for answering the questions. Um, and uh, yeah, any last uh, bits of advice for anybody watching? Obey your stops. Uh, no matter which time frame and which patterns you're trading, try to plan that out, map that out ahead of time. 
uh, obey it, take the stop. You can always jump back in. Um, you know, don't let one roll over, you know, like that example I showed with BORR uh, and take you down with it. Um, and, and you'll find plenty of big winners uh, in, in this approach to make up for those small losses. Perfect. I think, uh, yeah, that's definitely important to remember. And if you're curious, uh, Ben mentioned Momentum Mastery a few times. That's a webinar series we just did uh, earlier this year. It feels like so long ago, but just earlier this year. Uh, a lot has happened in, in the market since then. Uh, but if you're curious about that, I just pasted the link in the chat. So go ahead and check that out. High recommended. I, I think it's awesome value for the money. And, and Ben did an awesome job going through all his screening process and sharing how he finds ideas and covering the same topics he talked about today briefly. So uh, definitely check that out. Depth that we went in with this, with the velocity, we covered that with velocity and uh, power and focus scans too, and then tied it all together. Absolutely, the, the, the full system. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, ben, thank you so much again for coming on. And we'll be right back with Amy Smith at 610 uh, Eastern Time. Uh, she's the author of How to Make Money in Stocks, Success Stories. Really looking forward to that. And she'll be talking about how to find model stocks. Uh, so stick with us and uh, yeah. Thanks so much, Ben, and uh, we'll see you guys in just a second.